É das caricas, meu irmão? Claro. E o boteco? Agora sim. That's Banda Black Rio. Brazil's hardest working soul samba funk band of the 1970s. Carioca é samba, papo e futebol. Sujideira, reco, reco e tamborim. Hello, Georges Collinet with you, Ana Frobop Worldwide from PRX. In this edition of our Hip Deep series, we pick up the story from our profile of samba soul funk maestro Jorge Benjor and dive into Brazilian soul and funk from the 1970s right up to the present. So, get ready for the grooviest blackie music, as they say in Brazil. Later in the program, I'll be joined by our special guest, Christopher Dunn, author of Brutality Garden, Tropicalia, the emergence of a Brazilian counterculture. You've all heard of Rio de Janeiro. Well, Banda Black Rio is singing about Rio de Fevereiro, Rio during February, the month of Carnival. In the late 1970s, this famous city was the epicenter of the soul funk scene known as Blacky Rio or Black Rio. Led by saxophonist and arranger Oberdan Magalhães, the Banda Black Rio were inspired by Motown and the Philly sound, but they created their own thing. The song proclaims that the people of Rio, known as Cariocas, are, quote, all about samba, small talk, and soccer. Rio presents the carnival in February, the month that never ends. Everyone goes through life feeling good. There's the sea during summer, the sky, a song. This was feel-good music for shaking it at big dances or bailes. But it also had a serious side. More on that later. In 1977, the Banda Black Rio was the state of the art, but they weren't the pioneers. Here's Erlon Chavis from 1971. Jorge bem, é coisa nossa, mulher bonita, é coisa nossa, o rei Pelé, é o camisa 10, é coisa nossa, a cafonice, é coisa nossa, jogar na bolsa, é coisa nossa, grana na letra, guatapá. Do mundo, 
Pedreiras Amazônicas. É isso aí. was Irlon Chavis from 1971. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide's Hip Deep. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes in part from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. today by special guest author Christopher Dunn, who's lucky enough to have spent half his life immersed in Brazil. Ooh, you lucky guy. You betcha, George. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, tell us what was going on in Brazil in the early 1970s. Well, we have to remember that at that time, Brazilians were living under a harsh right-wing military dictatorship that quashed all political dissent. And the regime also suppressed any critique of race relations in Brazil maintaining that Brazil was a racially egalitarian society. Mm -hmm. Any politicized expression of a specifically black culture, as opposed to Brazilian national culture, was discouraged. Nevertheless, an Afro-Brazilian soul culture emerged in the early 70s, 
directly inspired by soul music and black power rhetoric of African Americans. Uh -huh. By the mid-1970s, soul music had become a mass phenomenon, attracting thousands of young Afro-Brazilians from the working-class outskirts of Rio de Janeiro. On the weekends, there were bailes, or dance parties, at which revelers would dance to American soul records spun by hippies, or DJ teams, with names like Soul Grand Prix, Dynamic Soul, and Afro Soul. Well, you know, Chris, that sounds so much like what was going on in, the, in Africa in the 1970s. I mean, that black power thing was just amazing. Everywhere you went, people would play African-American music, R&B, I mean, you know, from Conakry in Guinea to Bamako to uh, even to Kinshasa, you know, people were just into that thing. An international phenomenon. Mm -hmm. You know, the other day I caught up with Michael Turner, who spent much of the 1970s in Brazil and witnessed this high-energy scene firsthand. You would get on a Friday night or a Saturday night in Rio, on the outskirts of Rio, Uh, that you would have these uh, clubs or makeshift clubs, and you would get maybe 500, 600, 700 uh, young Afro-Brazilian couples going to these dances. Drinks, uh, beer was, uh, again, relatively inexpensive, and you were there to dance. Uh, this was the point of the evening. Uh, that you got there maybe about 11 o'clock, 11.30, midnight, and then you would dance until 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Não querem ofender a ninguém, brother. O que nós queremos é dançar, dançar, dançar e curtir muito o sol. James Brown reigned supreme at these gatherings. The theme of black pride and racial consciousness captured by soul brother number one refrain, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, resonated deeply, although it didn't necessarily translate into political activism. In 1977, the closest thing to James Brown in Rio de Janeiro was Gerson King Combo. His most famous song, Black Commandments, suggested some of the political and cultural ambiguities of the Black Rio movement. Chris, what were the lyrics here? Well, they're very curious because he starts off the song by saying, take control of your mind, brother, and arrive at the powerful conclusion that blacks don't want to offend anyone. They were sure mellower than the American counterparts. Well, that's for sure. Uh, but then he goes on, he talks about so-called black commandments. Dance like blacks dance, love like blacks love, walk like blacks walk, and always use the black handshake. It was really about cultural identity more than anything else. thousand young Afro-Brazilians dressed to the nines, I mean, just absolutely turned out. Uh, and they were there and they were sort of saying, again, indirectly, we are 
proud of who we are. Uh, we make no apologies for who we are. Uh, and just in terms of coming to socialize, coming to a soul dance, we feel we're making a political statement about a society who uh, either uh, sort of turns us into uh, cultural toys uh, because we are Afro-Brazilian, uh, ignores us uh, in terms of our education or uh, professions, uh, and tells us uh, that uh, we should think of ourselves as only being Brazilian because we're living in a country where racial discrimination does not exist. Mm. That's Professor Michael Turner of Hunter College in New York. He's describing his experience as a young African-American in Brazil during the 1970s. And for him, the Black Rio movement was politically significant in an indirect way, don't you think? That's right, George. You know, and he particularly remembers the importance of soul music and dancing for his dear friend, Leila Gonzalez, a leading activist who helped to found the Movimento Negro Unificado, or the Unified Black Movement, in 1978. I can remember going out dancing with Lelia uh, and dancing until, you know, seven o'clock in the morning with her henned Afro hair and these ringlets just shaking all over the place in her red uh, high heel boots uh, and sort of other things that uh, only Lelia could pull off. Uh, but Lelia loved to dance. Uh, and she felt that by dancing, by in a sense sort of expressing oneself culturally, uh, and you also expressed yourself politically. Man, that takes me back. Anyway, Michael Turner also remembers seeing Brazilian soul singer Chim Maia at a live concert in the late 1970s, and Maia was performing in a club in the neighborhood of Tijuca, where he grew up. Uh, so Tim Maia uh, was doing this show in Tijuca, in this theater, and he just literally brought the house down. Uh, yelling and screaming and everybody sort of dancing and up and, uh, and it was just, it was delirium. Absolute delirium. Uh, but wonderful. Uh, and he was able to communicate uh, sort of all of the kind of soul moves uh, and soul singing that he had picked up in New York and took it back and Afro-Brazilianized it. When the late Tim Maia would get down, it was extraordinary. The sweat was contagious. It was all sweat, and it was wonderful. Não sei por que você se foi. Quantas saudades eu senti e de tristezas vou viver. E aquele adeus não pude dar. Você marcou na minha vida, viveu, morreu na minha história. Chego a ter medo do futuro e da solidão que em minha porta bate. Desta sombra, em sonho vejo este passado E na parede do meu quarto Ainda está o seu retrato Eu quero ver pra não lembrar Nem sei até em me mudar Lugar qualquer que não exista O pensamento em você 
sei porque você se foi Quantas saudades eu senti E de tristezas vou viver E aquele adeus não pude dar Você marcou a minha vida Viveu, morreu na minha história Chegou a ter medo do futuro E da solidão que em minha porta bateu Desta sombra Em sonho vejo este passado E na parede do meu quarto Ainda está O seu retrato Eu quero ver pra não lembrar Pensei até em me mudar Lugar qualquer Que não exista O pensamento em você was Chim Maia, Brazilian soul brother number one, with his 1973 hit, Gustava Tanto de Você, I Love You So Much. A native of Rio de Janeiro, Chim Maia played in a rock and roll band as a teenager, and between 1959 and 1963, he lived in the United States and sang in an integrated doo-wop quartet from Tarrytown, New York, called The Ideals. Maya participated in civil rights marches and explored the vast world of African-American popular music. He was also smoking lots of weed and popping pills and was eventually busted for marijuana possession. And after doing time in prison, he was deported, forever banned from the United States. Now, Kristen, to help us understand this next bizarre chapter in Chimmaya's story, what is this thing about the sect he joined? Well, in 1975, Chimmaya joined an esoteric sect, Universo in Desencanto, the universe in disenchantment, whose members seek to return to the origin of humanity 
in the world of so-called rational energy. Goodness. He left the sect after a year or so, but recorded two extraordinary albums based on its doctrines, which today are rare collector's items. To my ears, these recordings feature some of his most heartfelt and soulful tunes.
That was Chimmaya from 1983, and by that time, Chimmaya had left rational energy far behind and was back to his old tricks, parting hard and making hits. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Pra O Tim Maia, poxa, é o irmão mais novo da minha mãe, né? E na infância foi teve uma importância muito grande, assim. Que That's Edmota, Mota, Brazil's pegava, leading soul stylist, talking about his uncle Tim Maia, who he so admired while growing up. In his words, Edgy followed both the good and the bad examples of his uncle. Tim Maia thought his nephew would be a music critic. But Edgy had other ideas, releasing his first soul album in 1988, when he was only 16 years old. Edgy Mota is the consummate connoisseur, with an enormous appetite for information about the music, cinema, literature, wine, and food that he loves. And I love this guy. Compre um monte de livro, e aí quando toma o negócio tem que tomar com o livro do lado. Eu sou contra a espontaneidade, entende? Acho que você tem que... Edgy is explaining that he is, quote, against spontaneity. What? Yeah, and he prefers to indulge in sensuous pleasures with a reference guide or encyclopedia at hand to more fully understand what he is enjoying. He's an audiophile with a collection of over 20,000 vintage LPs. 20,000? Yeah, and like his uncle 30 years before, Edgy also spent a couple of years in New York, mostly hanging out at record shops. Onde eu fui, não sabia, eu não sabia uma palavra de inglês, só conseguia pedir os discos que eu queria comprar na loja e 
Ou então que a minha pizza tinha que ter extra cheese. H.G. is saying he hardly knew any English when he came to the States in the early 90s. Only enough to buy the records he wanted and ask for extra cheese on his pizza. He learned English watching black and white films at the Museum of Modern Art and taking harmony lessons with pianist Paul Griffin. Edgy Mota recorded with top session artists he met in New York, but the project was never released. One of his songs from this period was inspired by Fred Zinnemann's film with Gary Cooper, High Noon. Huh. He later changed the lyrics and it became, Tem espaço na van. There's space in my van from his latest CD, Popticle. Oh man, I like that. Come on, baby. There's space in my van. High noon and it's time to move on, on our way. High noon and it's time to move on. Ainda bem que 
você chegou Vem cá, te quero Um brinde, eu fico só nós dois
dança faz Ah, deixa estar uh, A essência do prazer não tem That was Eji Mota singing Joya de Magua, the jewel of pain featuring Rhodes piano and a mini moog. Eji Mota loves that uh, retro ambiance. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide's Hip Deep program on the story of Brazilian soul. That's Brazilian vocalist Paula Lima humming one of her favorite standards from the American songbook, the Gershwin tune, You Can't Take That Away From Me. In the last few years, Paula has established herself as a leading soul singer in Brazil. We caught up with her in Sao Paulo, Brazil's largest city where she lives. Então, eu sempre fui apaixonada por Quincy Jones, por exemplo. Eu acho que é um dos grandes mestres universal, se não for o maior. Paula says that she was always deeply influenced by North American music and had a special love for Quincy Jones, who she calls, quote, one of the great universal masters of music. She's a classically trained pianist and holds a degree in law. Paula sang in a 13-piece band called Funk Como Le Gusta that gained a big following in the late 1990s. In this track, she performs a duet with Fernanda Abreu, the sole funk diva of Rio de Janeiro. Oh, good. We haven't heard from Fernanda in a while. Here's Fernanda Abreu with Paula Lima. Mírame, 
Banda Gang de Macau, Mantiqueira Big Band. Alô, meu irmão, alô, meu primo, alô, minha tia, alô, toda a família. Isso aqui é soul, isso aqui é funk, nada custa. Isso é funk como ele gusta. Para que, mira me, diga me. Funk como ele gusta. Para que, mira me, diga me. Funk como ele gusta. Para que, mira me, diga me. Se você for assim 
That was Segunda Via, a seamless fusion of samba and funk by Sao Paulo's soul diva, Paola Lima. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. This is our latest hip deep program, The Soul of Black Brazil. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Okay, Chris, tell us about what we are going to hear next. Well, one of Paula's favorite Brazilian vocalists is Elza Suarez, a samba singer with a fierce, guttural voice who's been on the scene since the late 1950s. She has just released a new highly acclaimed CD featuring this powerful track, A Carne, that levels a powerful critique of racial discrimination in Brazilian society. In the intro, she imitates the call of a street vendor, intoning that, quote, the cheapest meat in the market is black meat that goes for free to the penitentiary and in a body bag. For free is underemployed and ends up in the mental hospital. Tá ligado que não é fácil, né, mano? 
antes já que chegar A boca secava de sede Caíam no samba para por passar Criaram uma luta nas matas e debaixo do nariz o feitor Dançavam pra disfarçar Batuque, São Bento Grande, Santa Maria São Bento Pequeno e Una Cavalaria É bom, tenho prazer em dizer Sou afro-brasileiro Nossa cultura se expande pelo mundo inteiro Tem até europeu tocando pirimbau e bandeiro Açúcar, computadores, toca disco, fax, celular Rádio de pilha, desemprego E mande um e-mail pra gente se comunicar Tudo açúcar, computadores, toca disco, fax, celular Rádio de pilha, desemprego E mande um e-mail pra gente se aquilumar Ei, Black Brother Levante lude na moral Ei, Black Brother That was Bevin Brown, an emerging Brazilian soul band from Belo Horizonte, a city in the interior with their hit Black Brother, the Brazilian pronunciation of brother. You know, as a soul man, Chris, my big show on The Voice of America was called Sound of Soul. Whoa, the VOA has never been so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I'm loving hearing more of this side of Brazil. For more info on the music from today's show, full transcripts of our interviews, including Ed Gimota and Michael Turner, and a list of the best books on the subject, and some beautiful photos of soul brothers and soul sisters from Brazil, well, go to our website, afropop.org. And Chris, thank you very, very much. Well, thank you, Georgie. We'd also like to thank program advisors Brian McCann from the History Department at Georgetown University and Michael Turner from the History Department at Hunter College in New York. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces the program for World Music Productions. Research and co-production for this program by Christopher Dunn, who teaches Portuguese and Brazilian studies at Tulane University in New Orleans. Our chief engineer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Rob Berman. Our senior editor for Afropop.org is Banning Air, and I'm Georges Collinet. Velho, qual é a sua? O quilombo permanece vivo e a luta continua. Na ditadura, grandes mestres foram exilados. Seu Rui Barbosa, cadê os livros da história que foram queimados? Na minha cidade, 21 de abril é feriado. E 20 de novembro, mal é lembrado. E mesmo assim, trago um sorriso no rosto. Tenho um samba no pé. Sou bamba de capoeira, acredito no meu candomblé. Orobobôi, o chumaré patacuri, o comorodé, odé, cabeça e caú. Tem muito mais, não tenho preconceito. Pelo contrário, tenho orgulho estampado no peito. Somos miscigenados por inteiro. Salve o povo. Índio branco afro-brasileiro 